This episode is called No Free Refills. Um, It is out of Matthew 25. We're going to be reading the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. But let's open this up in prayer. Father God, I come to you today to simply thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, I pray that you simply use me right now to speak to whoever is under my voice, God, that no matter where they are in this earth, no matter what stage of life that they are in, no matter how deep of a hole that they feel that they are in, that there is no place that you are not with us, that there's no depth that you are not willing to travel down to bring us up and just show how unconditional your love is. God, I pray that you just bless these listeners with abundance, Lord. And to whomever they come in contact with today, that they are just a reflection of your son's love, of your son's sacrifice on that cross. I ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. So let's get this started. Grab your Bibles. If not, grab your phone. Right. They, they make those on the phone nowadays. Um, and the awesome part about that is like you can read so many different translations at the same time. Like my grandmother gave me honestly like 25 Bibles. Um, She went and got, I believe it was a degree or a certificate or something. She got a piece of paper that said she knew theology. Um, And she, and and when I told her that, like, I was like, Grandma, like, I feel like God's talking to me that, that, like, to be a pastor, to pastor and to minister. And she was like, Oh, here you go. And literally was like, Come to my house, pick these up. And like two boxes full of books. And these things are thick, thicker than textbooks, right? Uh, But the information is so great. So I've got like 40 different translations of the Bible. And it's so cool to to look at the translations. Like if, if I don't understand something here, that I can go and, and look into like another translation. But the fact that I got it on my phone is amazing. Anyway, um, beside the point, open up your Bibles to Matthew 25, the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. Um, some translations may say the parable of the ten virgins. The, the number 10 in, in Judaism represents like holiness. Um, they, pay attention to numbers when you read the Bible. Um, there, there is significance. Everything is said for a reason. Jesus spoke with purpose. Um, and, and like that's, that's like when I read the Bible, I understand. Like he said this for a reason. It wasn't just because, you know, he wanted to make somebody laugh or anything like that. Like the number 10 in Judaism represents holiness or, or union. Um, one of the translations that I read um, said like it, it represents a congregation. So in, in Judaism, you couldn't even pray publicly without 10 men who were 13 years or older. I believe that's the age where they like a bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not Jewish. Um, so I apologize. But this is called a minyan, M-I-N-Y-A-N. So you couldn't pray publicly without a minyan. Now, there are three points to this that I just want to cover um, before we, we actually dive into the word. The three things I want to cover are the representations of, or what they actually represent, the virgins, the bridegroom, and the oil. The virgins represent the church in, in this parable, um, and, and basically represents the body of Christ, right? So if, if, you're, if you're new and you don't understand what the body of Christ is, that is us, that is you, that is me. Um, and go back and refer to Colossians 1.18, where Jesus refers to himself as the head and we are the body. Um, the bridegroom represents Jesus. Fun fact, um, I also just found out that bridegroom is the longer version of groom. So there's the bridegroom and there is the groom. Anyway, on that note, I just, uh, my anniversary was this last weekend. So those are things you should know before you're married. Anyway, I'm, I got a wife now. I don't need to know things. Um, so the oil, the oil throughout the entire Bible represents the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. You'll, you'll read time and time again of people being anointed with oil. Um, what, like like King Saul before he before he was uh, when when Sam when the prophet Samuel um, anointed him with oil 
right? There are things like that. So oil represents the Holy Spirit. Whoops, I hit the microphone. Sorry about that. Anyway, um, virgins represent the church. The bridegroom represents Jesus. And the oil represents the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, what I want you to understand also is um, what a Jewish wedding feast looked like. A Jewish wedding feast lasted weeks. If you had a lot of money, if you were wealthy in biblical times, your your wedding would last forever, right? You, it would go days, right? I'm Filipino. They, I mean, ours go for a long time, but like nothing, nothing compared to this. Um, and that will, and I'll jump in a little bit more uh, about that here in just a second. But basically, from what I understand um, and what what research I've done on this as well, like the the Jewish wedding feasts, they would start at the bride's house, and they would end at the groom's house so they and sometimes depending on how far they lived from each other and how far how long the party went there um it could take weeks you know a week or two for them to actually get to you so chapter five or i'm sorry chapter 25 of matthew is a continuation of chapter 21 where jesus was teaching his disciples on the mount of olives uh, which was outside the city of jerusalem and jesus spent quite some time here he was teaching and prophesying to his disciples and the disciples had asked Jesus on the Mount of Olives the signs of the end of age or like when, like when is that time coming? And Jesus spoke in parables. We've, we already understand this. Um, so, and like, I just want to reflect on that for a moment. Like, can you just imagine, like, just take a moment just to imagine how amazing that must be to just have, <coughs> excuse me, to have such an intimate moment with Jesus, um, to be able to ask him anything, anything. And then he speaks, he speaks to you like out of his body he's literally just talking to you right and like that that's the amazing part for me like i like i i love this i love this book with all my heart um and and just to understand that like again every word in here was spoken with purpose so the parable is also referring to uh the 10 churches of israel um it's amazing again how jesus can speak and and also referring to like biblical times meaning like the 10 churches of israel but also talking about the end times, the end of age, like on his coming back. Like we already know that Jesus already, um, Jesus spoke about his about his crucifixion, but he also also spoke about his return many times. And is it this is literally him prophesying that, like he's telling you what is going to happen. Um, they just didn't know when, right? So when when I read the Bible, I like to think about three things. There are three things that I need to understand before I continue on to the next chapter or whatever it may have you. Um, who is talking? Who it is addressed to? So who are they talking to? And what is the time and setting? Like, I, I'm, I don't know if it's just me being a history buff, but I love the, um, I love to, <clears throat> I love to know where they were at geographically. Um, I love to know the, the time range, like, you know, how many years after Jesus was this? Is this, you know, 70 years AD or was this 600 years BC, right? And we say that around here. We say, we say BC, we say before Christ, hallelujah. All right, let's jump in to the word. I'm going to read um, Matthew 25 chapter, I'm sorry, Matthew 25 chapter, what are we looking at here? Sorry, guys. 25 and 1 through 13. I don't know why that took me so long. I missed, I, I dropped my page. Um, so Matthew 25 verses 1 through 13. 
Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, No, lest there, are sh lest there, should, be, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but rather... Go and buy, or sorry, let me just go back, brain fart. No less there should, no less should not be enough for us and go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. Apologize about that. Um, and while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were, were ready went in with him to the wedding and the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you neither know the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. So, let's break that down. I want to point out the ten virgins just for a moment. They all expected the bridegroom. They all knew the bridegroom was coming. They weren't non-believers, right? They all had lamps and oil meaning that they had the Holy Spirit in their lives, right? We understand that oil represents the Holy Spirit. And they all slept. There was only one difference, was the amount of oil that they had. Now, the wise had enough oil to fill their lamps, and the foolish didn't have anything except for what was already inside of their lamp. Now, this is a side note. Um, the Apostle Paul says in, in Ephesians 5.18, Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation. Dissipation is like the loss of energy. Do not be filled with that, um, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, we all can agree that the Bible says that being drunk is a sin. Um, but we also leave out the positive part of that passage. Um, you know, So in the same command, they're saying that, that getting drunk is a sin. Arguably, like they're saying that not being filled with the Holy Spirit is also a sin. Right? When you have salvation, this is also a sin. Other translations say, uh, be filled and refilled. Now, some people may argue like, oh, well, I was baptized as a kid. You know, I've read the whole Bible. I've gone to church. I've gone to, I've gone to plenty of churches, right? And that's great. But what's happened in the meanwhile, right? The people who that say like, that claim their salvation as like a once and for all thing are the ones that are the least sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Right now, um, I was, and it's crazy, but like I was actually told um, this past Sunday that um, that's called Calvinism. Calvinism is like a, a once and for all salvation, a once and for all salvation. Yeah, I was saved. I was baptized when I was eight seconds old. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to heaven. God forgave me. It's grace. Right. But what they don't understand is that we have to be continually filled and refilled by the spirit. Right? So the ten virgins had their initial filling, but they didn't have the continual filling. So they, so they weren't ready. Right? Now, here's where it gets interesting. Uh, in verse 9, the wise said to the foolish, go and buy oil. It had to be bought. It wasn't a gift. Meaning that there is there some price that you have to pay for the Holy Spirit. 
Now, initially, it is a gift. But if you want to remain filled with the Holy Spirit, there is a price to pay. Now, this reminds me of um, what Jesus says in, in Revelation 3. Um, I believe, oh, let me flip real quick. I believe it was verse 17, 7, 17. Verse 17 and 18. Um, verse 17, because you say I am rich, have become wealthy and have need of nothing, I do not, uh, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. How many people do you know like this? Right? Who do you know that fits this verse? Don't judge. Don't say it. Don't say it out loud either. Um, especially if you're sitting next to him. No, but um, anyway, so like, I mean, I, I've, I don't know if you guys go and watch the Grammys. I don't watch it anymore. Um, it's, it's just not me. But like, there are people up there shaking things that God created and their mother gave them. And they're getting Grammys for it. Talking about, I just, you know, glory to God. That's that's not the God that I worship. That is not the God of the Bible. You know, you, you can't you can't go off and call yourself a Christian and continue to do these things. You know, you can be a pursuer. You can you can be, you know, you can be pursuing God, but but you are not following, right? To follow is to be Christ-like as close as possible. Uh, verse 18 goes on to say, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed let's read that again so um i i counsel i strongly advise you to buy from me me being jesus gold refined in fire that you may be rich a white and white garments that you may be clothed jesus is saying i'm not going to give it to you you have to buy it from me now gold refined in fire gold in the ancient world had no value unless it was tested with with fire all right like is this real gold is it gonna hold up is this 24 karat right whatever i don't know gold anyway so i I believe that that gold is faith right so essentially jesus is saying i want faith that has been stood in the test of fire right but you'll have to pay for it how do you have to pay for it by endurance by tests Right? I want faith that stood the test of fire, and you'll have to pay for it by endurance. Um, then he talks about uh, being clothed in white garments. So being clothed in white garments, if you had if you had white clothes and a land full of dirt, and you're wearing some, some Jesus Crocs, you know, and you had white clothes on, like either you had a lot of money uh, or you weren't doing anything. <laughs> anyway, but essentially what I'm trying to say is like not everything in the Christian life is free. Right? Not everything in the Christian life is free. I also want to point out the the way that we evaluate. I'm sorry, I hit the microphone. Um, I also want to point out to you the, the evaluation of Jesus and so much of the contemporary church, right? The contemporary Christianity, right? There was a church, uh, the church of Smyrna. Now, they didn't have much. Um, the Bible refers to, uh, refers to saying that they were poor and persecuted. And Jesus said to them, but you are rich. But he also said to the church of Laodicea, and I believe it's pronounced Laodicea, L-A-O-D-I-C-E-A, Laodicea. Um, they had it all, right? They had everything. Great army, um, you know, whatever you would whatever you would consider all. But he said to them, you are poor, right? So Jesus is telling the church of Smyrna, S-M-Y-R-N-A, the church of Smyrna, Jesus said to them, you are rich. And he's telling the church of Laodicea, you are poor. Now, what would he say to the church today? right? What would he say to you? That's something that you have to answer for yourself. But for you to answer that, you have to understand that man's evaluation is 
very often the opposite of God's. Matter of fact, Jesus says the things that are highly esteemed amongst men are an abomination in the sight of God. I want to read that again because like, I don't think that hit hard enough. I, I have no audience in this room. I'm here by myself, just me and the Holy Spirit. But what I'm saying is Jesus said the things that are highly esteemed amongst men are an abomination in the sight of God. So like if you think that like, oh, this is a God thing, like, you know, it's probably it's probably wrong. <laughs> you know, if, if, if you have um, if you have, you know, things that you that are that are on your mind and you think that it's a God thing, go back and check your Bible. Go back and ask him. Go go back and ask him. Call him collect. Call him collect. Start talking to the sky. You know, like get, get what's your prayer life. Get it up. Anyway, so the five foolish virgins had to buy the oil and then they left it and it was too late. Right. So when they bought the oil and came back, the door was shut. And the bridegroom, Jesus, says, I never knew you. What does that mean? My understanding is that they were never amongst God's elect. Right. They like they would come in, but God knew that they would never pass the test. So I ask you, have you bought your oil? How do you buy oil? Through prayer, Bible reading. By waiting on God, it takes time, right? It takes effort. It doesn't just happen. You have to like you have to make a decision, you guys. You have to just make a decision. That's it. It will take time. It does take a lot of effort. Like the Christian lifestyle is not an easy one, right? Now the word Christian means little Christ-like one. And now Jesus was without sin and called anyone who wanted to follow him to repent. Right? What does the word repent mean? Complete 180. Obviously, you're not going in the right way, right? Now, Jesus didn't say, stay in your sin and keep sinning. He said, if you want to, if you want to follow me, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me, right? Deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. He doesn't say, sit in your sin. And I really, really want you guys to understand that because, like, if if, if you have been, like, if you've received if you've received the Holy Spirit, if you have confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and then you continue to go and, and you know, get pleasure of, of things of this world in whatever, in whatever form it may come in, you didn't repent. You didn't repent. And this isn't me, like, screaming at you guys, like, the world is ending. Jesus is coming back. Get it all. No, that's, that's like, that's not it. That's not it. Like, this is, this is, like... This is like my warning call to you guys. Like, like get ready. Get ready. Evaluate your life. Evaluate what you're doing. Would God be proud of it? Probably not. <laughs> you know, and I don't mean that in like a in like a, a weird way or like a mean way. But, um, you know, like man's evaluation is often the opposite of God's. We will, Romans 3.23, for we all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. Now, that's where grace comes in. Now, reading your Bible isn't following Jesus. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. If you're still willfully sinning, it means you are not, you are not a Christian. You, are not, you might be seeking Jesus. You might be seeking the, the lifestyle of a Christian, but that doesn't, like, I want you guys to understand, like, if you don't, if you don't repent, deny yourself, and pick up your cross, then your lamp will eventually run out of oil. 
right? And this isn't to be confused with like Jesus taking away your salvation, God taking away your salvation. You received that from him when you were water baptized, but God gave us free will, which means that you can certainly walk away from your salvation. Now, Jesus says that, that when you accept me, my father will cast your sins as far as the east is from the west. You guys have probably heard this before, and if you haven't, I want to paint this picture for you. The earth is round, right? I hope there's no flat earthers listening to this. Anyway, the the earth is round. If you were to travel east and one person travels west, you will always be going east, and you one person will always be going west. The east never becomes the west, right? Meaning that your sin is cast so far away from you. Give it to God. Literally just give it to God. Right? And like I I think I'm just on a tangent right now, but like I like I truly feel that. But like if if um if you if you're going east and you no one is going west, eventually like you will walk around the earth and you will meet the west because it never moved. Which means that if you don't move away from your sin, if you don't change your lifestyle because you have to wake up a little bit earlier on a Sunday, you know, you gotta you gotta pray consistently, right? Pray without ceasing. It's like it's it is work, it is effort. But I want you to understand, like, that, like where else, where else? Would you be spending your time? What better place to spend your time on earth than in the presence of God, right? Being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, again, that is my that is my message. I love you guys. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, if this helped in any way, send it to somebody. Send it to somebody who you're just like, man, they could really use this right now. Um, have them reach out, right? That's, that is what we're here for. We are here to shepherd. So on that note, that is the end of this episode, and we will have another one in a month. But be sure to look out for all of the episodes. Don't forget to hit the little, uh, the little notification thing, the little bell on Spotify or on Apple. Make sure to follow. That way you guys get updates on every single episode. Thank you for listening to the Let's Do Life Together podcast, the sermon version. (laughs) All right, guys. Love you.